0: Hello, fellow rebel capitals. Hope you're well. So we've got a lot of news coming out of China. Excuse me. And of course, Josh is completely missing in action. I don't know where he is, but we'll go ahead and start the video without him. I'm assuming he's rubbing elbows with some celebrities or On some sort of private jet flying to Dubai, or, (laughs) you know, just typical stuff that a 20 year old does all the time. (laughs) But let's get right into this story because we got right here Zero Hedge. And then what I want to do is connect some dots at the end of this video. And I think you guys are going to be shocked at what we discover or what I reveal with some of these charts. So let's, let's get right over to Zero Hedge. Let me stupid screen share myself josh all right zero hedge china double d's and you can imagine what zero hedge did for the thumbnail there <laughs> i'll let your imagine, your imagination run wild on that one but uh, i can say that uh, most men in the audience would be correct <laughs> all right consumer prices suffer worst deflation not disinflation which would mean lower rates of inflation, but actually deflation when prices are declining. So prices suffer worst deflation since GFC. Now, a lot of you would say, well, George, well, deflation, that's fantastic. Um, Yes and no. Deflation can be fantastic if it's a result of more productivity, more goods and services. So the question I always ask myself is the reduce, the reduction in prices, is this going to increase or decrease demand? And that's how you can tell if the deflation is good or bad. So in this case, when you have a big you know, credit bubble, if you have a, dec- a, cre- a decrease in prices, excuse me, that's going to lead to a decrease in demand. That's bad. Whereas in the late 1800s, let's say in the United States from 1870 to 1900, when the CPR consumer prices went down by... as a result of productivity, more goods and services being created, well, that's going to increase demand. So that would be a good form of deflation. But the bottom line here is this deflation is the no bueno zone, (laughs) to use use a term from some of my whiteboard videos. Key talking points, the consumer price index dropped 0.8% year over year in January, the weakest since September 2009. So the weakest basically since the GFC and worse than economists' expectations for a 0.5% decline. The producer prices, excuse me, fell 2.5%, marking 16 months of deflation in the producer prices. Now, for those of you who are asking yourself, okay, George, I understand what's happening in China. What does this have to do with the United States? Well, I would challenge you to go to Home Depot today maybe Walmart, maybe Target and try to buy something that doesn't come from China. <laughs> I'm sure you could do it, but you you get my point that the majority of the stuff that you buy there is coming from China. So if they're lowering their prices, that's going to put downward pressure on prices in the United States. Now, if we look at that, if we look at that through the lens of the US consumer, well hey, that's great news. Absolutely great news. Next, they kind of dissect the CPI numbers here. So core CPI, what strips out volatile, they always say volatile. And I know zero hedge isn't doing that. They're actually quoting Bloomberg because all the people in the mainstream media always have to say that it's just, it's the most ridiculous thing ever, but I'll save that for, I'll save that rant for another video. But, uh, so minus volatile food and energy prices, uh, we've got a rise of 0.4 slower than december weakest rise since june okay they're pointing out some of the food prices that have really collapsed pork prices down 17% wow that's dragging food prices down by 5.9 biggest decline on record going all the way back to 1994 now before we go on i want to remind everyone if we just go back in time like was it maybe a year it might have even been less than that But you guys remember the narrative that was being pushed, and we talked about on this channel all the time, that China was coming out of their lockdown. Remember that? And the whole argument was, oh my gosh, they've got all this pent-up demand, pent-up demand, pent-up demand. And the Chinese economy is going to absolutely boom. And therefore, they're going to take all the other global economies along for the ride. But this was when the yield curve was inverted. So you got the yield curve saying, yeah, I don't think so. But then you've got this narrative, which granted makes sense to a certain degree, that uh, China's economy is going to boom because they're now releasing people from their cage. And uh, therefore, we're going to see some solid, solid economic growth. What happened? You guys know the story. Uh, We did not see the economic boom. We started to see real estate get worse and worse and worse starting to collapse, start with Evergrande. And then we just had this kind of cascading effect from there to the point now where they are not just in a recession, but they're literally, literally experiencing deflation. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum. That I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate and Brent Johnson with macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control, central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Moving on. The continued deflation is partly due to seasonal weak demand in January versus a year ago. Okay, well, what does that tell you? You know, what's what would be interesting is if they were in the lockdowns a year ago. I, I, I wish I could remember. I know they just kept those lockdowns in place just a ridiculously long time. But regardless, if you have deflation due to weak demand, what does that say about the overall economy? So now the CCP gets involved here. They say the CPI data shows China faces persistent deflationary pressure or actually this chief economist with Pinpoint Asset Management, China needs to take action quickly and aggressively to avoid risk of deflation or expectation to be entrenched among consumers. Okay, Keynes, <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay, or you could allow the free market to work and flush out all the malinvestment and start from a much stronger base. They go back to a Bloomberg economist here. that says the report drives home a message. Economy needs aggressive policy steps boosted by, okay, more Keynes. More Keynesian nonsense. But as Goldman warned, the disinflationary pressure from ongoing property downturns points to delayed reflation path for China. Is, is that what we're calling? I like how they're so scared of the word deflation, these Keynesian economists, that they won't even utter it. It's like Voldemort or whatever that guy's name was (laughs) in Harry Potter, the name that can't be mentioned. Ooh, deflation. (laughs) And instead of saying deflation, they're saying delayed reflation path. Aha. Okay. Right, right, right. Because we can't say the word Voldemort, or then what's going to happen, consumers are going to spend less money. And then it's just going to make the deflation worse. Blah, 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 blah. Completely ridiculous. All right. Now, what I want to do is go over to a chart of the PBOC's balance sheet because one of the narratives that we have here in the United States is oh my gosh, money printer go burr. Money printer go burr. In fact, I'm doing a Twitter spaces today and I I offered to debate pretty much anybody because there's this narrative on FinTwit with a lot of the sound money guys, you know, the Bitcoiners and the, and the gold guys and whatnot which and by the way philosophically i'm totally aligned with these guys but just from the standpoint of how the system works they're just utterly clueless and so they you know keep just saying oh well the the money printer go burr money printer go burr money printer go burr so the dollar's going to go to zero in fact one person went so far yesterday a, a very an expert right an influencer said that the simple fact that the fed's balance sheet can go to infinity means that there's a guarantee that the dollar is going to go to zero. So this implies that there's this direct relationship between the Fed's balance sheet and the dollar. So if the Fed's balance sheet goes up, oh my goodness gracious, they they are printing massive amounts of money. And therefore, the dollar is going to go straight down relative to goods and services and likely relative to other fiat currencies, unless of course those central banks are printing even more And then it's just this race to the bottom, right? Uh, So again, the premise here is that if the central banks are printing money, then the currency is going to lose value. Another way to say that is you're going to have consumer price inflation because it's losing value relative to goods and services. Okay, so this being said, you would expect the PBOC's balance sheet to really be declining at the the very uh, least You'd expect it to be just flatlining. Let's see what the, POB, the PBOC's balance sheet has been doing here. Huh. Okay, let's go to a five-year chart. And all righty then. So we see, let's just take it from, what was this? The middle of 2022, the PBOC's balance sheet was right around 30, if I'm reading these numbers right, uh, 38 trillion yuan. And it has gone up by 8 trillion Yuan to where it is today. In fact, in the last few months, it's gone just almost straight up from, call it, 41 straight to 46 trillion Yuan. So we have seen their balance sheet skyrocket. Now, there is an argument that that can be made, and a, and I think a good argument, that, well, George, sure, you're not seeing consumer price inflation. We're seeing actual deflation. But without them taking their balance sheet from 38 trillion up to 46 trillion, prices are higher than they otherwise would have been. Great. I can get on board with that argument. I don't totally agree with it, but I, I get it. It makes sense. And I think that's a very, very valid argument. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean that if the Fed's balance sheet skyrockets, that the dollar is going to go to zero or even that the dollar is going to lose value. Now, it might not gain as much value as it otherwise would have gained, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the Fed's balance sheet does this, the dollar does that. Even against goods and services in the United States, we can see clear, clear, clear proof of that right here in real time in China and on the PBOC's balance sheet when we compare it to their outright deflation That they're experiencing right now. And I would also argue when you look at the data from China, is it accurate? Yeah, probably not. But I can tell you one thing if it is inaccurate, they are going to spin it in a way that makes them look better, not worse, (laughs) right? And deflation does not make them look better. So if these numbers are incorrect, they're likely too high, and therefore deflation is probably even more extreme, and their economy is even worse than they are leading us to believe. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. If you want to get this straight from the pros, if you're worried about what's happening in the world right now with the global economy, if you want to hear from people like Mike Green, like Joseph Wang, the Fed guy, Mark Moss, uh Barnes. As far as freedom and liberty, you got to check out Rebel Capitalist Live. That's a conference I do. It's this year, May 31st in Orlando. You can get your tickets at Rebel Capitalist Live. It's going to be the best event that we have done. I started doing these in 2021 back when they had the, the lockdowns and the cerveza sickness. And I was the first person to go out there and actually do a live event, giving the old finger to Fauci, That's where this all started. (laughs) That event was great. And like I said, this one's going to be even better. We've had speakers like Ron Paul, my good buddy, Kiyosaki. The list goes on and on and on. So you can check out the speakers we had in the past, the speakers we've got lined up at rebelcapitalistlive.com. We'll see you on the next video, and we'll see you in Orlando, May 31st.